G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Oftentimes, God lets us travel through things in life that we wouldn't have chosen for ourselves. Things where it looks like we're losing. And yet it's in the middle of these places and those times that we're meant to discover what victory really is. Victory right there in the middle of the pain. Diamond and welcome again to the program as today we take another look at the pain in your life from a different perspective. We've been chatting these last couple of weeks about getting some pain relief for our souls. Some pain comes to us in ways we can't control through circumstances way beyond our control. That happens in life. It happens no doubt in your life and it certainly happened in mine too. Other times though as we've seen and if the truth be known most times Pain is inflicted by us. It's self-inflicted. It's our own immaturity that brings the pain crashing down on our lives. Selfishness, dishonesty, pride, stubbornness, trying to live our lives as people pleasers and, and then being hurt when not everyone bathes us in the warm glow of their appreciation. So often we approach life as a child and we wonder why we get hurt when all along God wants us to grow and mature and gain wisdom through our trials. James chapter 1, beginning at verse 2. Brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let that endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature, complete, and lacking in nothing. So if any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to you. And whether or not the circumstances that are causing the pain change straight away in our lives, God wants us to have victory, oftentimes right in the middle of those circumstances, right in the face of the adversity that's confronting us. Question is, what does that victory actually look like? The Bible's a huge book. Well, it's 66 books if you add the Old Testament and New Testament together. And there are thousands of stories and situations set out in the 700 to 800,000 words in the Bible. But none grips me more than Jesus praying alone for you and for me just before he was betrayed and crucified. If anyone at any time in history had a reason to be concerned for himself rather than others, it would have been Jesus right at that moment. You and I would probably have been worried about saving our own skins. Jesus, on the other hand, was willingly about to lay down his life so that you and I could be forgiven our sin and have eternal life. As he said earlier in John chapter 10, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it away from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. In other words, Jesus was no victim here. He was going to the cross of his own free will, suffering for you and me out of his great love. I wonder, had I been in his shoes, how much I would have felt the victim. But in the face of a brutal, painful, gruesome, torturous, lingering death, slowly suffocating as he hung suspended by nails through hands and feet, Jesus prayed 
to his father for you and me just before he was given away to be led away and crucified. This is what he said to God, his father. John chapter 17, beginning at verse 1. He looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour's come. Glorify your son so that the son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all to whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I've made known your name to those you gave me from the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you've given me is from you. For the words that you gave me, I've given them, and they've received them, and know in the truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I'm asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you've given me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And I am now no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name, that you have given me, so that they may be one as we're one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost, except the one destined to be lost, so that your scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you, and I speak these things in the world, so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves." I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I don't belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. I'm asking you to protect them from the evil one. They don't belong to the world, just as I don't belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So here's Jesus about to be crucified, and he's praying for you and me. And the main thing is that he's given us his word, the truth. And because of that, we no longer belong in the world. We're in it, but we don't belong to it. Aliens, if you will, in a foreign, albeit familiar land. And when we're suffering, the thing that we most want is to be taken out of the circumstances that are causing the suffering. But that's not what Jesus asked his Father on our behalf. Look again at verses 15 and 16. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong in the world just as I do not belong in the world. Sanctify them in truth, and your word is the truth. See, Jesus is saying, Dad, don't take them out of it. Instead, keep them there and strengthen them and protect them through it. And with that, he headed off to Gethsemane, where he prayed, in effect, exactly the same thing for himself. Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, let your will be done. Suffering what he was about to suffer wasn't his first choice, but he bowed down his will to his father and suffered it anyway. Was he a victim in his suffering on the cross? No. On that cross and through the empty tomb, Jesus won the greatest victory in all history. He won salvation, that is, forgiveness of our sins and eternal life for you and for me and for countless others. Even though he suffered so greatly and hanging there dying on the cross, he looked like, well, he looked like such a failure. Friend, sometimes we are called to suffer. Oftentimes, It doesn't make sense. It's not our choice. Our first choice is to be taken out of the place. But that's not always what God does. Jesus didn't ask his dad to beam us up. 
He asked him to protect us and strengthen us and set us apart by his power and his word. And here's what I've experienced sometimes in the middle of suffering that doesn't make sense. A peace that is so powerful, it is so beyond anything I've ever experienced anywhere else, it completely surpasses understanding. It defies logic. It doesn't make sense. It's exactly the thing that Jesus goes on to pray for you and for me in the rest of John chapter 17. Let me encourage you to go and read that chapter for yourself. It's Jesus' prayer for you and for me. I want to encourage you with something. God doesn't want you to be a victim. Sometimes he chooses suffering, and sometimes he chooses to leave us in the suffering. But he wants us to grow humble and strong and understand what peace is right in the eye of the storm. Friend, that is victory. That's what it looks like. That's his victory for you and for me. Life can be hard work some days. And as that daily grind just kind of grinds away at us, it's easy to forget that Jesus died and rose again to give us victory. That's why every now and then, just as the Spirit leads, perhaps when you least expect it even, I'd love to send you a short text message of encouragement straight to your phone. That's what Victory SMS is all about. Roughly every other week, I ask the Lord, what word of encouragement could I give today? So if you like the occasional word of encouragement, head across to victorysms.org and when you do subscribe, you'll immediately receive a free copy of my ebook. Power Unlimited. Thousands already have, and the most common response, hey, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. How did you know that? Thank you so much. It's simply amazing how powerfully the Spirit of God can move through just a short text message, and I'd love to encourage you too to live your life in victory. Again, that web address is victorysms.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time Monday with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.